0: You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly Market Talk podcast. Today is Tuesday the 5th of May. I'm Stuart Banks from Treasury and as usual I'm joined by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist, to discuss the latest market developments. Ollie, economic data over the past week is beginning to show uh, the impact of coronavirus on global economies. Can you outline for listeners what the, these various releases are showing?
1: Yes, indeed. The, the releases have come in two shapes. One is the initial GDP reports for the first quarter of the year, in terms of how economies have performed. And secondly, we're getting through some survey data for April as well. Now, in terms of the GDP reports, we have them for the Eurozone and the US, and in case of the Eurozone, output fell by four percent. But not surprisingly, in those economies that have been badly impacted by the coronavirus and where severe lockdown measures have been put in place, I'm thinking of France, Italy and Spain, the declines in output in the first quarter were 5.8%, 47 and 5.2%. And when you think about it, I mean, the data were good for January and February. And it was only as we got into March that the coronavirus took hold and containment measures had to be put in place. So they reflect really the impact of one month's lockdowns or maybe a number of weeks in March on the overall performance for the first quarter of the year. In the U.S., where the lockdowns came later in March, output still declined by over 1% in the quarter. Now, obviously, even bigger declines are in store for the second quarter of the year, with economies locked lockdown fully for April, and most economies remaining in some form of lockdown for May. And I well in terms of more recent data for, for uh, the, the month of April, we've seen a very sharp rise in jobless numbers. These are weekly jobless claims in the U.S., up by 30 million in the past six weeks which is just staggering and then with the survey data as well the PMI surveys for manufacturing and services activity and manufacturing has been very weak and you know service activity seems to have largely ground to a halt very very weak sector I think it's fair to say we, we probably have never seen nor will we ever see again data as weak as we're going to get for the month of April in terms of economic activity in western economies Okay. Last month, Ollie, stock markets registered
0: their best performance in decades uh, when looked at on a monthly basis. This would seem a little counterintuitive to what's going on with the pandemic. Why was this? Well,
1: you're right. I mean, obviously stock markets fell sharply between the middle of February and the middle of March. But they've since been on a recovery mission, and particularly in the US. I mean, g- given the background I, I noted there for the, the US data and in global data really for April, uh, the very weak performances in, in the first quarter, stock markets have managed their best monthly performance in decades in April. I mean, the, the S&P and the Dow, which are the two main indices in the US, posted their largest monthly gains since January 1987. and. We're looking at forecasts here that we're going to see the biggest fall in GDP globally since the end of the World War and the Great Recession of the early 1930s. The Nasdaq in the US is actually flat for the month, actually flat for year to date. And US stock markets now for the first four months of the year are only down 10%. In the context of you know the world economy facing its deepest recession for many 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 decades now it would seem that investors are of the view that you know all these stimulus measures have been put in place by central banks and governments will lay the foundations for a strong recovery later on in the year as restrictions are lifted but i have to say you know that that sounds it sounds to me like a very much hoped based rally in stock markets that could easily end disappointment you know, the virus is proven persistent. Many economists have talked about it come back later on in the year. So I think caution is warranted here. But certainly it would seem to be that, you know, the, the actions of central banks and governments in terms of stimulus measures are encouraging markets to think that once the virus fades and restrictions are lifted, we'll get a very sharp rebound in economic activity.
0: OK, Ollie, you've already touched on the, the uh, U- U.S. Un- uh, employment position. And Friday sees a non-farm payroll release for April. In March, we saw a 701,000 decline, uh, which is obviously significant, but maybe too early to tell the impact of uh, the pandemic. What can we expect on Friday for April's release?
1: Well, in any given month, I think the US employment data are taken as the most important indicator of economic activity in the world's biggest economy, the US. So it's always a release that markets follow closely. It's a very broad based survey, and they paint a very, very good picture of economic activity. And not surprising, given that I say there that the number of weekly jobless claims has risen by 30 million in the past six weeks. That's consistent with large-scale layoffs uh, in the U.S. economy. And the expectation is that we could see a decline in employment of, you know, between 20 and 22 or 23 million in the month of April. I mean, that is simply staggering. The population of the states is around 325 million, never mind the workforce. So, you know, and that means the unemployment rate there could go to 15, 16, 17 percent, uh, from around 4%. I mean, it was at 3.5% at the start of the year. So so that gives you an idea of the magnitude and impact that the lockdowns contain the coronavirus are having on labor markets and are having on economies. I mean, the US is not unique in this regard. It's just that they have the capacity to publish this very detailed and timely survey of employment every month. The markets have always closely followed. But we'll have never, ever seen a figure like this before. Usually in recessions, employment falls by a few hundred thousand. A bad one might be a half a million, not 20 million. So it just shows you the steepness and suddenness of the decline in economic activity. I mean, large parts of the world economy have literally been shut down in the month of April. So, you know, markets will be focusing on that. They won't be surprised by the figure. It is going to be a staggering figure in terms of the contraction employment in the U.S. economy in the month of April. Okay, thanks, Ollie. Switching to the UK, uh, the Bank of England meeting on Thursday, Ollie,
0: has been moved to seven a.m. from their usual midday announcement. Does this, the time change,
1: suggest further easing from them? Yeah, no. The meet over a couple of days, and it's the announcement that has been changed. So I presume they're concluding the meeting on Wednesday night. They may have already decided what they're going to do. Normally, we have an announcement and um, a press conference at twelve o'clock on the Thursday, but they obviously want to get them world out into markets before markets open on Thursday morning. Now, the Bank of England done sort a of fair bit already. It's cut its rates from three quarters of a percent to 0.1%. That's a record low for, for UK rates. And the Bank of England has always said that that it's not minded or just in favour rates going negative. It has doubts about uh, how successful that would be, or like, let's say, in the Eurozone where rates are well negative at this stage. So we're at the lower bound in terms of interest rates. Now, it's also introduced a raft of other monetary financing and liquidity measures. There is an expectation that the Bank of England's current quantitative easing programme will expire at the end of June or exhaust amount intended to purchase. So there's an expectation that we'll get an announcement to expand the size of the QE bond buying program on Thursday and certainly we're heading for a very very large budget deficit in the UK as elsewhere, Square and as as Square the central bank buying of government bonds in the market is, has been crucial in kept, keeping interest rates down. So, I think that the move, the fact that the move, the um, announcement from midday to 7 a.m. in the morning suggests we will get further measures announced in terms of a loosening monetary policy. As they've indicated they won't go negative interest rates. Now, the this sort of environment, you can never say never, but it's more likely that we'll see an extension and expanding the size of its QE bond purchase program announced on Thursday. Ollie, we'll leave it there for this
0: week. Uh, thank you, as always, for your insights. Coronavirus continues to dominate both the conversation and markets. And for our customers impacted by COVID-19, you can find the details of AAB support packages at aibie forward slash COVID. Finally, thank you to our customers for listening in. To stay up to date with the markets, please press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. And talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC authorized by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under license by AIB Group UK PLC, authorized by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.